Hi everyone and welcome to episode 163 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Laura. Hi guys. Welcome to 2018. It's going to be a year of interesting stuff for Final Fantasy I think. Yeah I think so. It's going to definitely be unexpected because we have no clue really what's on the what's horizon. What's going on? Yeah. Well, we know what's <laughs> directly on the horizon. Yeah, but we don't necessarily know how they're going to get there or what they have planned in the meantime. Which is kind of what we're going to discuss today, I guess. Yeah. Um, we've the got mystery. a whole episode to because last last episode of the of last year we didn't talk about anything that had really been happening. We chose to talk about. Um, Sort of Basically, yeah, our, our, our life, the year, that yeah. kind of stuff, which I think people appreciated. But now we're going to get you fully up to speed with Final Fantasy XV and kind of everything that happened around that time. Mm-hmm. There have been some interesting developments. Some developments that they said would happen haven't. Um, it's been interesting. Yeah. Been very yeah, no, interesting. It, is. it has been. Um, yeah, I'm really curious as to how they're going to approach this year. Yeah, so that's what we've got in store for you today. But uh, for you new folks who are joining us for the first time in 2018, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. And we have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union and we come out on the iTunes store. And all our news coverage is released on FinalFantasyUnion.com. So if you're interested, go and check that out. Yes, and definitely check out all the news content that Brayden has released. He's passed his 500th article on the site, which is just insane. That man is like a freaking powerhouse. He is just, he, he just, just regurgitates the news. He's in every news. single Square Enix employee's business. I know. It's, great. it's amazing. Great, like, fantastic work, Brayden. We love you. Yay! Yay! And we also love our Patreon supporters. Yay, So Patreon now supporters. we are going to read out all the supporters who have pledged $2.50 or more per episode. Woo! Starting with Lauren. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Then we have Lewis James. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh, It's Just Johnny. Marcus Karnecki. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Z Duranto 58. William Tringove at Varnastiakshire. Mike. Dustin Smith. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1. Ishbel Ayala at Red Beppers. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohammed Kayam. Rachel Casterton at Erbian Ray. Vitanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Petter Ducks. Miles Ribbons. And Richard Holman at Vex Lennon. And before we go on to the actual episode, we are going to hold true to what we said last year and we're going to announce the January 2018 giveaway winner. Woo! So if you're listening, Camilla Espinosa Beltra, you are the winner of this episode's giveaway. So check your Patreon messages yes. and hopefully you'll get back to us. Yes, please do. So we we want to give you things. We do want to give guys. people stuff. We can't give you things if you don't respond to us. I no. can't just throw money around and... and... And then buy things and then have them sit there and collect dust and get lonely. <sighs> it's a sad state of affairs. It is. It, it's hurting my heart. It is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you want to become a Patreon supporter, then now is a great time to do so. Uh, I said we're doing monthly giveaways now. Um, we've got badges you can get. You can come on the show. We should be having a Patreon supporter on the show next episode. So listen out for that. Um, and yeah, like I think at the moment we're also... 
fully open to changing our Patreon. Like if there's anything that people think that we should do that's maybe preventing them from becoming a Patreon, just message us, let us know, and we'll see what we can work out. Mm-hmm. All right, so on to our big Final Fantasy 15 recap Woo! because there was a lot of stuff to recap on. And um, yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's kind of weird actually. So they did this big anniversary stream. Obviously, Final Fantasy 15 has been out for a year now, over a year now, a year and uh, a month. Mm-hmm. And um, they did an anniversary stream, but they were also saying that they didn't really want to celebrate the. Mo- I was, I oh, know, it was a bit strange. Yeah, but anyway, so um, they did talk about some stuff, but to cut to the chase, episode Ignis did release mm-hmm. that didn't get delayed. Yeah, surprisingly, I think that's probably the only thing that didn't get delayed. For last I know. Year. Thankfully, I think they would have had a revolt if um, if it didn't release on time, because I think. Of all of them, this was definitely the one that I think people were most excited for. And I'm not just saying that. Well, they've been picking it up a lot throughout the year. Yeah, but it's also like the one with the most sort of um, connection to the story. And everybody sort of wanted to know what what happened there, what what's going on. And I mean, some of the stuff that they added as well to the episode. I mean, you have multiple endings um, and that type of thing. And um, yeah, no, it... Um, I watched some gameplay of it since obviously Daryl and I uh, didn't We're purchase. still abstaining. We're still abstaining from buying any DLC. Um, I know we still get asked a bit like if we're going to play it, but no, we we haven't played it. Um, we've just been watching videos on YouTube, um, but it did look it did look okay. Like I thought it looked um, it looked interesting. I found it interesting how they incorporated the gameplay into things like um how he still has a grappling hook rather than the uh phantom blades or whatever but the story wise it's a bit like i don't know it was it was kind of like conflicting with the main story so there was some uh yeah there was some inconsistencies so you know if you if you really want to dive deep into it you can sort of see where the tears are but at the same time, I think that they did okay with what they had and what they were trying to do. Um, I think... I mean, it shows that they put a lot of effort into it. Like, yeah. they wanted it to be the big standout masterpiece uh, that kind of finished off 2017's Definitely. plan. And it just proved, once again, that Ignis is best boy. Yes, it did. I was kind of surprised, though, that uh, Kenichi Shida, who, like, we've we've talked about quite a lot, um, he wasn't the director of episode Ignis. No. They chose to have someone else who I can't remember his name at this present moment in time. Uh, I don't know if that's because they wanted to have it completely different. Oh, no. It, I mean, the guy who was well, in charge of it. has been different ones each time, hasn't Well, no. It? Shida did the first two. Mm. So he did oh, Gladios he did and, Gladios Prompto. and Prompto. I didn't think he did Prompto. Yeah, he I did. thought that was just composer. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, the guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but I know that he, the the guy that did direct episode Ignis was the guy who was also responsible for the Leviathan and Titan oh, boss yeah, fights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean now. Hmm. So um, I think it's because they wanted course, to go for a different type of vibe with the with the DLC. Of course, they had What's-His-Name from Chrono Trigger as well. Mitsuda. Doing the, doing the composing and I really do like Ignis's theme. Ignis's I still theme think it's really crazy nice. that it was the first ever time that Mitsuda, who, of course, if you guys are listening and aren't aware who that is, he was the composer of Chrono Trigger mm. and Chrono Cross and uh, the original Xeno games. And he just seems so sweet in interviews. He, he is, just but seems I so can't humble. believe him doing a guest composition on episode Ignis was the first time he'd ever worked on a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Considering that, that. he's been there for Ages. He's worked with Square for years, yeah, like two decades, yeah. And like, I mean, 
some of his work on Chrono Trigger is just some of the catchiest freaking tunes that you've ever heard. I can't get Frog's theme out of my head whenever I hear it. Like, yeah, it's it's weird because that almost seems up his alley. Like you wouldn't you would have thought that maybe they could have tag team at Nobu and and Mitsuda, but like maybe yeah, they had worked he could have done some on... of the like spin-offs or something. But yeah, to, for him to go this long without doing that is yeah. quite insane. But either way, it's still nice to have him. It is. Um, but, but obviously episode Ignis did release, but the big bombshell that they announced on the stream that I think caught pretty much every single person by surprise and set the community on fire, I think. Mm. It, it just exploded with weird joy. Um, and then when it released, maybe slightly Not less so joy. <laughs> um, was that they announced that because all the episodes were finished, they'd kind of perfected the gameplay of each of the characters. Mm-hmm. And the day before episode Ignis arrived, they added in the ability to swap between all of the main characters during <sighs> the main campaign, <sighs> but only during the battle sequences. Yeah. Which I think everyone was slightly annoyed about. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would have been difficult to implement it completely in that way. Like, they would have had to change... You're meaning, like, from the the cutscenes and stuff as well. Like, they wouldn't have, like, had it from their perspective or something. No, no, no. They just wanted it so when you're walking around... Yeah. You could change character. You you walked around. Oh, when you walk around. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that is a bit strange, actually. So, like, basically when the battle ends, you just go back to Noctis by default. Yeah, that is a bit weird. You would have thought that that would have been, like... But but either way, I mean, still, I don't think anyone was expecting them to do this update. I I... I think this was was a really big deal because mm-hmm. there were there was never any kind of promise that they would do anything like this, especially putting in the game for free. And yeah. there have been people that are saying like, "Well, you shouldn't be excited about the fact they're adding this in for free. It should have been in the game in the first place." But it wasn't in the game in the first place. No, like they made a decision. I think it was three or four years ago that although the original vision from Nomura was to have the all of the players or the all of the characters playable. They just couldn't feasibly do it from a logistics perspective. Like it was too difficult no. for them to make it. So and it's you whether play or not they like, delayed the game even more. Yeah, like they they made the decision that they would just focus on Noctis, and then I guess at some point they decide, well, we can work on the other characters through the DLC episodes, mm. and then at some point again they decide, well, since we're already doing that, why don't we just add it back into the game? Yeah, but it's taken them a year. Yeah, so like. I can't be angry about the fact that they've decided to add this into the game. No. Because they could have just not done that. Exactly. Like, the only things that I get upset about is when it's, like, story content that is really, like, essential to understanding what's going on in the story. Like, that's what I I kind of get, like, when you have to pay for that kind of thing. That's what ticks me off. But if it's something like this, like, this is something that would have delayed the development even further and... You know, it was a complicated decision probably for them to make. But I think also just doing the season pass in itself, like doing each of the episodes, gave them enough time to implement it fully so that it wasn't so as glitchy as it would have been had they done it all right from the get-go. Like, I imagine that there would have, like, we sort of, seen the the glitches that could happen in Final Fantasy 15 to start with anyway and um like if they had implemented this on top of all the other glitches that have happened in Final Fantasy 15 when it was first released that would have just been a car crash I think 
Like this gave them time to fully test things out, make sure that everybody's animations are fine, make sure that it actually works in game. Because like there were some, there were some pretty big glitches when yeah. Final Fantasy and I mean like released. the gameplay of the characters is so different from how you would have probably envisioned it when you were playing through it the first time. Like Prompto yeah. goes first person, yeah. like Ignis flies around everywhere now. And like, that's the other thing as well. It gave them time to really fully uh, develop their gameplay style and make them each have an individual style to play as. Because if they had if they had released it back then and um, all that stuff, it probably would have been a lot more basic than what we have now, which is much more developed. Exactly. So. So yeah, I I don't think I can somewhat understand why people are frustrated that again it just harkens back to the game we could have had a year ago. Yeah. But you know, I don't think this this wasn't necessarily a case of them cutting content. No. Because as I said, like they made the decision three or four years before release that they weren't going to have multiple playable characters. So this is more just them saying, well, we ha- we now have the ability to add this in. Mm-hmm. Let's add it in. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to choose our battles with this kind of thing. And I definitely don't think that this is something that's worth getting upset about. I think it's something that we should just accept, um, perhaps go back and play and enjoy. And also maybe hope that maybe after doing this, Square Enix are a bit more experienced in doing this kind of content and maybe they will be able to release a game in the future with this kind of play style. Maybe Tabata's next IP? Yeah, like maybe they could do this more regularly. Like that would be great. I mean, could you imagine if like in Kingdom Hearts as well, if you could like switch between Donald and Goofy on top of just playing as Sora? Like that would have been fantastic. So, no, I'm excited. I, I'm glad that they actually did it, that they actually pulled it off. I'm I'm stoked about that. But well, yeah, I mean, imagine if there was that scenario where they they released Kingdom Hearts 3, you can only play as Sora, and then a year later they were like, actually, guys, we're adding a patch where you can play as Donald and Goofy too. Yeah. People would be so stoked about that. Yeah, but it's a different story because this is Final Fantasy 15, and Final Fantasy 15 is the realm of hate. It's the realm of what what could have been. Yes. Oh, no. Okay. Um, anyway, so <laughs> also in the stream, um, they announced that they'd been they'd done a survey in Japan, which um, had twelve thousand respondents, which uh, makes R two and a half thousand look a bit paltry. <laughs> but I still think it shows that ours was good. Like they only had twelve thousand. Well, it was also a bit controversial. Some of the answers, I think, a lot of people were a bit like, "Really?" Well, they they have different expectations about they what they want and i also we don't know the questions that they were asked no not necessarily but anyway so they i've tried to condense it down they they basically said the things that they liked were they liked the graphics of the enemies the the world uh basically the graphics of the world mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily the graphics of the characters or anything but just the graphics of the world yeah they liked the uh the ally commands and how you could integrate with them in the combat they liked the leveling system they liked Noctis' development and story. They liked the ending. And in terms of the updates that they've received, they liked chapter 13, verse 2. Mm-hmm. And they also liked the fact that they increased the font size, which mm-hmm. I don't think is something that we can necessarily understand in the West. But I think no. in Japan, it was a real problem. Like they... But I can totally respect that because, like, I mean, you don't know how much of a struggle it is to play with a game that the font size is wrong until you've played a game in standard definition or sorry a hd game in standard definition and we're unable to read stuff so when i first started working on gamingunion.net i had to do reviews and 
I think it might have been Assassin's Creed um, playing it on the Xbox 360. I was playing it on a really crap TV, a TV that I should not have been playing Assassin's Creed 2 on. I could not read anything. Like, the text was so I mean, they didn't, they didn't even bother optimizing games for sound no. definition. And it was so upsetting because there was so, many, so much stuff that I missed out on and so many tutorials that I could have, like, read more about or whatever. And, like, I mean, so I can fully respect um japanese fan like i don't know how how bad it was for the japanese fans but like the font size must have been such a relief yeah for them <laughs> yeah i mean like i and out of the list that they've given there i, I i'd agree i'd say like yeah. the aos was like a really vibrant place in terms of the, the design i wouldn't say it was vibrant in terms of there were loads of people everywhere it yeah felt like it, was a it place felt a bit empty it, it did feel sparse but like there was a lot of variety obviously you had the meteor crater mm-hmm. um, and like they they did do a lot to, to try and make the dungeon stand out and, and give the world some personality um it was I a like good commands, first draft <laughs> yeah, I like commands were useful leveling system was a bit kind of eh. yeah i'm not the like i the leveling system was the one that baffles me because i yeah i wasn't the biggest fan of the leveling system i mean i guess it's a, a lot of people have likened it to like the sphere grid type thing or but i just I found it. I found it a bit confusing. No, at times. I don't think it was. Or was it not? The there, there, no. Well, I mean, there are some similarities with it in the sense that you level up, your stats get leveled up, kind of for you, but you then use the AP to enhance your character's abilities. Yeah, I just didn't care about the abilities really. I kind of just like I would use them like once or twice, and then be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Great, I'm done. I'm over. And it was <laughs> just like what to level up as well. I hated switching between the different things well i think they made it slightly as well because a lot of it uh the other stuff the old the the higher stuff needed 999 ap and it's like well you have to spend a lot of time to even get to that point yeah and i know that there are lots of um exploits to get exp really fast but i just yeah i just i I don't have the time for that no (laughs) well the whole point is that it's because you don't have the time that's why they're exploits i know but they shouldn't that shouldn't be a a game a part of the game but in terms of the updates i'd agree that chapter 13 verse 2 was probably the best of the updates they did throughout the year the free ones yeah no i think it was the most it was the one that was the most surprising and it also was the most in-depth one because let's be honest the whole scene sequences with shiva were a bit haphazard i mean granted they didn't have to do it but like the fact that it was a slideshow it was just like Oh. why did that take nine months to make okay okay <laughs> like at least chapter 13 verse 2 they actually like included scenes they included whole gameplays areas with gladiolus and um ignis um and yeah they really went in depth with it but like yeah the whole luna the whole luna um she, Genji, Shiva, Shiva, and yeah stuff. Like, that just seemed kind of, like, half-assed, in my opinion. I did enjoy it. I did sort of enjoy the backstory, but it did seem a bit half-assed mm. com- in comparison. But in, in terms of what they didn't like, I think we would all agree with most of this. Um, they didn't like the wider narrative. They felt the story mm. was way too basic. They thought the characters outside of Noctis had basically no substance to them, yep. which I think is true because of the episodes um i'd say that ignis uh, we've discussed before ignis is probably the one that had the most substance but i think you know even outside of uh, those three other characters like cindy core they they basically had nothing to them really no 
they didn't like the collecting weapons uh, because there was no real point to it. Which I can't, I can't disagree with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they felt there was a general lack of depth for the Niflheim Empire, the world, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what's just something they're trying to address now. And then the, the funny thing is that they, they made a very clear point um, that the thing they probably disliked the most is the brand collaborations <laughs> that they're putting in and, and, they and pushing like, out. They don't like all the cup noodles. No, I mean, they, <laughs> they like, a, a lot of the stuff they've been doing um, with, like, you know, they obviously did the Terra Battle Carbolation, yeah. they put Noctis in Tekken. Yeah. Like, there's been all these different things that they're, they're doing, the Assassin's Creed collaboration, too. That was the most random thing that I've ever seen in my entire... I was just like, what, what, what is this even about? Like, this is just ridiculous now. But yeah, I mean, they basically said that they've, they've really not liked how they've kind of sullied the brand yeah. they've, they've just pimped Final they Fantasy out, out. They to do whatever right and, and it was quite funny in a way because on the stream um, Tabata was like oh great Noctis, it was, Noctis is literally just going into to Tekken 7 and everyone's saying they hate brand collaborations maybe there they is like, like we a... hope that the guys at Namco aren't paying attention yeah. to this <laughs> maybe there's like a secret side there's a secret side mission that they're not telling us and the fact that this is this is Noctis's way of making more money for the team like noctis just sold his soul to um the tekken gods yes so yeah that was that was pretty much i, I think we completely agree with all of those things that yeah we didn't like yeah. about it yeah i i swear there was something else that i was looking at i can't remember what it was but there was something that they liked that i i just like vehemently disagreed with but i can't remember what it was now hmm i can't remember but either way, yeah, no, I I think that I'm I'm pretty on par with what with what we have here, like. But I mean, obviously, for next year, uh, they're trying to address some of that. Like, we knew that they were planning to expand the game. Tabata had already announced that a little while ago. Uh, but they did share some plans in terms of what they are hoping to do. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is that they are going to be working on episode Arden. That's going to be the first piece, the first piece of I guess expansive DLC they're going to be working on in 2018. I'm guessing that's going to be a prequel. They, I mean, yeah. Like, how else are they going to do it? Yeah, I, I don't know. And like, is Arden going to be playable then? Like, it, it's really, I'm, I'm really curious as to what they're, what they're going to do with that because that's the well, only they, thing that I can think of that people. They really kind of want. said that, that it's going to be about like one of the main objectives next year is basically to address those concerns from the Japanese public and yeah. also the wider public yeah. who played the game that they want to give more depth to Niflheim. They want to give more depth to Aeos. They want to give more depth around the Astrals. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me yet if it was a prequel set in the past. I mean, Tabata had said that if he was going to do something around Arden, he would want it to be a prequel. Mm. Um, so it could be about kind of young Arden and everything that happened to him to explain all of that stuff. And yeah. They already have Arden gameplay-wised, sort of, yeah, based I mean, on what they yeah. put into the game. So... It wouldn't surprise me if it was was some kind of prequel that didn't focus around Noctis and yeah, it would be interesting. I just hope they don't half ass it. Like I hope that it is like an in depth thing. Well, but... I mean, if they half half ass it, then it kind of undermines the entire reason they're doing this. It would yeah. just be it, it basically if if they release this stuff and people don't like it, then it's it's been a complete waste of time mm-hmm. for them. It's true. What I do find kind of disappointing is that they've adamantly said that they just don't want to do Luna Freya. Well. It was really strange, the wording around that. So mm. he said that they're planning to do two other episodes in addition to episode Arden, and they may do more. Uh, it's just that the kind of that's what they've they've said in the uh, stone at the moment. 
Uh, and he said that they're going to be working on them one after the other instead of concurrently like they were last year. So right now they're working on episode Arden. What They will not do the next one until episode Arden is finished. Um, and I guess that's a byproduct of them having to work on the new IP as well. Like They don't have the resources to do multiple stuff at the same time. Yeah. But, but yeah, with episode Luna, it, he didn't say they weren't doing it, but he said that just because people want an episode Luna doesn't mean we're going to make it. And I think... He he said, yeah, like um, if that just because the fans want us to make something, that doesn't mean we're going to make it. Because if we can't cr- if we can't create something around that that mm-hmm. want that is compelling enough, they're not going to make it. Which kind of goes back to what you're saying. Like it makes they don't want to waste their time yeah. making something. That people I mean, don't it like. does make sense. I just find it a bit disappointing because I felt like I think Luna, everyone does. Like Luna was really kind of given the shaft. Like I mean, she had a really big piece in Kingsglaive. But because she was such a different character and because she looks so different, they do feel like guess, two different like, characters. If you if you think about what they could do it around, I mean, I she guess she doesn't have anything. That what happens should we in do? Story. Should we just have Luna Freya writing letters all the time? Like, let's just like, write a letter to Noctis from, from Kingsglaive to the to the game. Yeah. There's nothing that happens in between no, that. Not really. And then obviously she goes and contacts Titan. Although, yeah, she so does there could get be something around some that. Of the astrals, but we. There's not really anything that that happens, I guess. It's, Can we make it's kind it like of a strange. dating sim, like what? between Noctis and <laughs> Luna Freya? But I guess that's what they're trying to figure out, isn't it? Mm. Because they've got to try and figure out, if they are going to do an episode Luna, how it's actually going to work from a narrative perspective. Yeah. How can they can make something that's interesting enough without having to rely on the other characters? Mm. The only other thing that I could think of that I would want to see, kind of, like in my cheeky little mind, is maybe like an episode Kingsglaive, like something that takes place it's kind before. of comrades isn't it? yeah but like before Kingsglaive happens so just like an adventure between like the main characters of Kingsglaive. so you know you have libertus Nyx, and crow and like just expand their stories a bit just have like a little like prequel thing just for shiggles like i just think that that would be fun um and the only other thing i could think of that i want is like something between i mean erinea would be interesting but then there again, like what we were saying before, I don't know how much they can add to that. And so the only other character that I can think of that I would want to see more of is Ravis. Core maybe. Core maybe. Yeah. Core is quite cool. I, I do like Core. I think the one weirdly enough, the the one that may make the most sense for them to do is a is an episode around Core and Iris. It could be like how he trained her yeah. to be the demon hunter during the ten years. Yeah. And Aranea could, could f- factor into that too, obviously, because she's free. Mm-hmm. And then you could have cameos from the um, Gladiolus. And also, the only other th- the other thing... Well, I keep saying the only other thing. Another thing is, what happens next? Because, like, I mean, the ending of Final Fantasy XV, I won't get into it, but it's a bit ambiguous. I know they've said about what happens, but, like, I want to know... What, what happens <laughs> to I want to know what happens to insomnia, like what happened to Lestalem? What what happened to the society? How did they how did they recover from everything that's happened? Like I just want to know sort of what went on there because obviously I mean the astrals are still around. It's not like Final Fantasy X where they sent them back. No. Like I mean they defeated Ifrit obviously, but like I don't know if he's actually like dead. Maybe he's just kind of like lingering, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just want to kind of know like what what happened with everybody afterwards. How do they 
pick themselves up back up like yeah it's not really something they delved into because i mean even no. in tub zero they at least had that kind of small monologue oh afterwards God. where they talked about what happened that was so sad i cried so much no, at not that zero. bit oh I was the bit after that bit Okay. Well, either way, I did sob my freaking eyes out at that game. Like, that was just... But that was a perfect ending. Like, that was... If that is a way to end the freaking game, that is a way to end a freaking game. But yeah, you kind of understand what happens with... um, Oh, what's her name? The 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 Dr... Erasia. Erasia, yeah. Because she kind of explains, doesn't she? She explains some things. But either way, I'm curious. I'm still not going to buy it. But I'm, I'm well, they haven't, curious. They still haven't explicitly said that they're going to charge for it. Mm. I mean, I'm, I, I'd imagine they would as justification I mean, for producing it. But because they've kind of referred to it as a season pass, that makes. But they haven't either. Think... They said that they they might do a season pass, but mm. they haven't definitively said it is a season pass. It's true. As far as I'm aware, yeah. they've just said there's going to be an episode Arden now. But Tabal has also said that he wants to produce free content to thank yeah. everyone for their support. And the whole point of them doing the 2018 plan is to thank everyone for their support. So, But it must be so difficult because you think like at the end of the day, they kind of have to because the fact that they have to keep the staff on for but so much longer. People are still buying the game. People are still buying and it's the like, game. It's and not too fine. many people working on it now, I don't think. No, but like... That's the thing that kind of gets me upset is that, like, they're kind of forcing the issue. Like, I kind of feel like it's one of those things where um, when you keep getting edits in for something, not relating this to my life as a graphic designer, you just kind of want the project to be over. You just kind of want to, well, you put your whole heart into it. But that's kind it. of what they said with Final Fantasy XV. Like, he, they, they had this discussion internally yeah. and, and they they wanted to fix what they did wrong. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't want it to be over. But how much How? How much do they want to fix? And how much will they... They're going to have to leave some I mean, bits I'd imagine fixed. that the guys who didn't want to work on it aren't working on it anymore. And the guys I who did not. want to work on it are still working on it. I hope not. I don't know. I don't know. Either, either way. way. Either, either way. They said they were going to release their plans for next... Well, this year, at the end of last year. <laughs> and that they happened. they didn't. Uh, I don't know when they're planning to do that. So I guess we'll have to keep our eyes out for that. 31st anniversary yeah, celebration. 31st anniversary. 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy 2, the game that Sakaguchi said he hated. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all the Final Fantasy 15 stuff from that update. But there is more, some of which is still from the update. What? So um, they obviously Pocket Edition is a thing. Uh, yep. We haven't really talked about it that much because nope. we're not interested in it. Nope. But we're talking about it because of the hilarity of it being delayed. <laughs> Every Final Fantasy 15 product gets delayed. Oh, um, man. It was supposed to obviously come out in the fall. It's now been pushed back to winter, mm. which I always think ends early. In the- I always think winter is cold. Mm-hmm. It is cold, obviously, during the winter. Yeah. But I never think that winter runs until the end of March. No, no. But it is still quite cold in the middle of March. Yes. Like, when we go to I the always mountains, just think of I always just think really of winter cold. as the year you're currently in, but I never think yeah. about it rolling into the year after. But winter doesn't actually start until right at the end of December. Yeah. Very strange. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Pocket Edition is going to come out at some point between now and the end of March. That's all and they've all said. They haven't given it a specific release date yet. Obscure character model glory. Yeah. But they, they did some previews and I think people said they quite enjoyed it. So who knows? I mean, it could be okay. Yeah. Um, 
Final Fantasy XV also won the Platinum Prize at the PlayStation Awards, I believe it was. Uh, and they got that for selling over a million copies in Japan. But they also won the User's Choice Award, which they give out to the 10 games that fans have enjoyed the most throughout the year. What else won it? I don't know what, what the other nine were. Uh, okay. I think Persona 5 was one of them. Was Nier Automata one of them? I think so, yeah. <gasps> I love Nier Automata. Yeah. I was going to say, son of a bee's words, I like Nier Automata more than Final Fantasy XV. Well, no, it's not about what you like that. more. It's about it which is. 10 you The like. whole thing is about what I like more. Me, personally. Me, Lauren. Well, go to Japan and you can try and influence the awards. <laughs> I should do. I feel like I am an angry American. I This is what I like. And you better like it too. Otherwise, I might cry. So are you saying that you wouldn't have, give Final, you wouldn't have given Final Fantasy XV the User's Choice Award? Um, I'd probably give it Nice Try Award. <laughs> Good Effort Award. <laughs> but not quite their award. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Tabata also did it. So I think Game Informer did a thing where they talked to all the developers and asked them stuff that mm-hmm. they're planning on or whatever. Um, and Tabata told them that they're working on a completely new gameplay experience for Final Fantasy 15. What that is, who knows? It could be Episode Arden. It could be a new VR experience. Final Fantasy 15. It could be a new game entirely. In we space. have no idea. To be fair, it is one of the only. It is one of the only of the recent games that they don't go into space somewhere. They don't go into another planet. They should get yeah. into space. We're Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy in space. Oh, yeah. Is that your new song you're going to work on? Oh, yeah. He's going to write the music. Mel Brooks, obviously, because it's a Mel Brooks song. Okay. It's a Mel Brooks theme. Okay, Lauren. Um, what else we got? <sighs> we got uh, Final Fantasy Seven Remake. What about it? Basically, they are going <laughs> <laughs> it's going well um kitase told four gamer that um the development is going smoothly i beg to differ but you know there again i'm not i'm not in their offices so i don't actually know whether or not it's going smoothly but based off of the fact that every opportunity that namura has to talk about final fantasy 7 he is throwing tantrums and saying how he wants to show stuff but is unable to i doubt that it's really going that smoothly yeah i mean obviously they said that last year they were going to have a massive appearance at a trade show never materialized maybe this is what they're talking about yeah maybe maybe it's just the this is the update we were looking for for so long maybe they put namura in timeout and said chill only katarze can speak now and you can only say one thing yep it's going smoothly it's going smoothly peace out guys I do love Kitase. <laughs> I liked his little interview that he but, did. Yeah, it was like this Japanese channel who Square Enix sponsored. They did this interview with him where he had to hold up cards to whether something was true or false. And a lot of the time they were asking like really obscure story questions. And he was just like, well, like I was the director, but I didn't write the story. Yeah. So maybe? <laughs> they should ask Najima. They were like, does this game take place over 14 days or 21 days? Is this a math test that I didn't I didn't take part in? Like, what is this? <laughs> but yeah, no, I do like Kitase though. And then what's the last story we've got, Lawrence? <gasps> the last story we got. Oh, it's so sad. But not that sad. But it is a bit sad. I mean, but not it's that a, sad. Uh, yeah, but it's the end of like an era. Like, I just feel like he's just started. Like, even though he hasn't, like, he's been there for years. Like, we're talking about over twenty years. 
yeah. he's been working for them. So a really, really freaking long time. But I feel like it's only recently that he kind of got his moments to shine. Do you want to reveal who we're talking about? We're talking about Ishimoto. <laughs> I just love his... I, I thought that he was like... Destined for greatness. Yeah. Well, he still he still is. He's still great. I mean, most of the games that he's done have been like incredible musically. Um, I mean, the world ends with you. I just you know, the music in that is just so great. Um Type Zero has great music, Dissidia obviously has great music. Um he was just really good at what he did, and I, I loved his sort of in-your-face choruses with uh, the metal, the metal, but also the choirs in the background. You know, like, he was just really... He was a really awesome composer, and I really hope that they still... Like, obvi- he's basically just freelance, which, to be fair, a lot of the old staff um, who have left Square Enix are still on as freelance. I mean, Nomura, or, sorry, what's Uematsu. his name? Uematsu still comes back and does stuff occasionally when they pay him enough money. Um, Shimomura. Shimomura does stuff. Like, Sakamoto. There's, there's quite a lot of them who come back on and they still are happy to work. I think Hamwazu came back after he went freelance. Mm. I guess it just makes it so that there's less, it must be like so much less pressure because I imagine that working at Square Enix in that type of role, there's a lot of pressure to deliver. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why Uematsu ultimately left, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. they they had so many composers on their roster and mm-hmm. they were paying them whether or not they were composing music for a game. Yeah. So they basically just had to give them more and more games to work on to make sure they were getting their value for money. Yeah. By being a freelancer, they can obviously say, like, I, I don't want to do this Yeah, I don't want to do that project. project right now. I'm too busy. Or I'm, I need a break or whatever. Yeah. 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 Square likes to use their people, like, to the bone. I mean, I don't know. I think know. it just makes more sense in general. Like, yeah. we've been talking more about, like, in last year about comparisons with the film industry. But could you imagine if, like, um, I don't know, Warner Brothers had, like, a roster of composers who were full-time mm-hmm. and could only work on Warner Brothers projects? Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be it would be exhausting. I mean, I, I bet that there probably are ones that they have that they keep on retainer or something, like, sort of the, the actual orchestra members themselves. Yeah. They probably do have them back. But it's like with Hans Zimmer. Like, could you imagine if Hans Zimmer was only allowed to do Chris Nolan films? I mean... To be fair, he probably does only do Chris Nolan films at the moment, but like it would be very restrictive. And... Well, I mean, like Chris Nolan isn't—he doesn't. Well, as soon as he stopped one project, he doesn't instantly start working on another one. I'd imagine. No, so he Whereas... probably needs some time or like something to hold him over until the next project comes up. But like, yeah, it's more so—it's like his—it's his choice, isn't it? It's Hans Zimmer's choice to work on the project with him, and he feels that even though you know. um Generally, Chris Nolan does use Hans Zimmer for his projects. He still has the opportunity to sort of say no or I'm too busy or whatever. But yeah, I think um, I clarified this with Braden, but I, th- I think that Mizuto is pretty much the only composer now they have on, on their roster. On the retainer. Mm. Yeah, I think he's the only one that's really left because all the other one, all the big composers have uh, have gone freelance. I think they do overwork them though. I mean, like you think about freaking Nomura. Nomura is like ridiculous i i would dread to be his assistant but i mean imagine like if you were in shimamura's position so obviously yeah. she worked on some kingdom Hearts games but let's say you were working on versus 13 
And then you have to keep flitting between products. I mean, she had to do that anyway because Verse 13 took 10 years. Yeah. Like, it's it's got to be just creatively strange. To... Oh, my God, yeah. And, like, you think about, like, the, the files that you have to keep on your computer. Like, can you imagine <laughs> how many computers she's probably gone through yeah. in that time that she's had to carry those files over to? They must have had, like, a massive... Cloud storage. They, yeah, a massive cloud drive or something that they store them all on. But, like, having to keep track of that for so many years. But yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that um, Ishimoto is... It's still going to be working on Dissidia. Yeah. They're going to be releasing new stages. They're probably going to want more music for it over time. They've obviously done two albums already. And I'm still hopeful that he's going to be working on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. I think that would be really... I think that's a good fit. A Mm. lot of people are kind of expecting it to be Shimamura because it's Nomura. Yeah. But, and like, he's basically only ever worked with her. And she would be great. Like, I mean, I would... I wouldn't mind But I just... I guess it's dependent on what they... If they're going what to they're do, going for. if they're going to do a fresh soundtrack, then I think that makes sense because mm. I've talked about it before. But I really do not like Shimomura's rearrangements of, of stuff in Kingdom Hearts. Like, I don't think mm. she. I think her strength is is original music. Yeah, the Kingdom Hearts tracks that I like the best are the ones where she's come up with them originally. Yeah, like the study is yeah, fantastic. The ones where she's had to work with source material, she's had to rearrange a Disney track or whatever. Yeah, they're not I don't, very good. I don't think they're very good. No, but so, like Hollow Bastion is great. So like if their objective is the Final Fantasy VII remake is to recraft Uematsu's original vision and mo- mm. modernize it, Ishimoto's the, the man for that. He's He'd be perfect. You know what? I even feel like I don't really like her rearrangements of her own arrangements as well <laughs> like the hollow bastion uh rearrangement in kingdom hearts 2 i hate i like i really hate like it's like just it's it ruins it but yeah no never mind but i do like i do like shimura but yeah i, I kind of hope that they that they do use someone like ishimoto or maybe if they even do what they do with um uh, 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 Final Fantasy 15 where they kind of bring in a bunch of other people as well to do things like um the one who did Hunt or Be Hunted Suzuki Suzuki yeah oh could you imagine him rearranging something for like uh Final Fantasy 7 battle theme like that would be that would be boss boss maybe even the boss theme big boss yeah uh, but yeah that's pretty much our discussions this episode Yay. hopefully you've enjoyed getting up to date with Final Fantasy 15 and uh, I'm so up to date are you? Yeah, my date book is current. With what? Knowledge. We don't know what's happening this year or when. Oh, it's current at the moment. <laughs> All right, so music this episode is from Final Fantasy VII and it's an arrangement of Eris theme and it's uh, by a arranger called JVNA. So if you guys enjoy listening to that. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 23rd of January. Of course, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, then you get notified when it comes out. Just search for Final Fantasy and we're there or thereabouts. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. We're closing on 40,000 subscribers and uh, we're, we're doing a lot of stuff at the moment around the origins of characters, the lore behind them. Everyone's really enjoyed the ones we've done so far, so we've, we've focused on Sephiroth and Cloud. Currently working on one for Final Fantasy 13, which is quite exhaustive. So um, <laughs> hopefully you guys enjoy that if you check out our YouTube and of course, you can check out all our news coverage at FinalFantasyUnion.com. And if you do want to support what we do with the show, then uh, you can do so through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. Mm. Right, now, I think that's that's pretty much it. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.
Oh, 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 oh,